Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Fire! Booty! Our goal is simple. Share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks. Just like you! Uh, achievement unlocked! So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm! <laughs> yeah! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Joygasm. My name is Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360, and with me, as always, is my bodacious brother Steve, aka Xbox Live Stevevich, as we begin episode 22 on this July 6th, 2017. If you have a question, comment, or want to leave us some love, you can go onto Twitter and find us at JoygasmTV. We're also available at Facebook.com slash JoygasmTV, and we actually encourage you to go check that out because we have a one-stop shop for all things video games, movies, geek, culture, all that good stuff. You can also find us on SoundCloud.com slash JoygasmTV if that's more your bag. And we're available on YouTube, although we are trying to get 100 subscribers to that, so that way we can actually have a customized URL. We have a fun show planned for you today. In gaming news, we'll talk about Square Enix's new game and development and why the Limbo game co-founder parted ways with Play Dead. Movie news is chock full of stories, including Robert Downey Jr., Fantastic Beasts 2, The Jetsons, Top Gun 2, The Transformers, Bumblebee spinoff movie, and more. The main topic will be the official arrival of Doomfist for Overwatch. But first things first, Steve, how you doing? Russ! Glad to be here. Glad to be with you. Glad to have you here. Glad to be with our audience. Although I'm I'm here remotely with our audience. Um, how are you, brother? I'm good. I am looking forward to the weekend. Mm-hmm. I've been a busy little bee, as yeah. always. It's yeah. been, it's, I've been ramping up a lot lately. There's, there's, there's been a lot to do, but that's okay. And there's a lot that's been done. Exactly. I can look back <laughs> yeah. and dust myself off and be like, okay. <sighs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm but ready to chill. I had a lot of fun with you over the 4th of July weekend. Yes, you did. Had a little family get together. Mm-hmm. A little, little, little clan action going on there. A little kin. Yeah. Spent some time with the extended relatives. Had some very tasty, what was it, barbecued chicken? Sausages. And sausage. Yeah, lots of sausages on the grill. Lots of brewskis. Yeah, lots of chicken, too. shredded chicken with the uh, sweet baby ray sauce. <laughs> it was really good. And of course, the swimming was nice. It was nice to see all the, the little kids, too. I mean, it's nice to see the, the next generation mm-hmm. interacting with each other, being able to discover new ways of communication. It's, it's encouraging for us to be able to see that. Indeed. Other than that, though, what have you been playing, though, Steve? Let's get to the real nitty-gritty here. The nitty-gritty. Russ, I will have to say, in honor of uh, 4th of July, mm-hmm. I played and conquered Battlefield 1. Congratulations! Thank you. You've been working on that for a while now. I have, but I've been trying to 
delay it a bit because it, like I said on a few episodes ago, it's pretty short. Like mm-hmm. you could beat it in a day, pretty easy. Yeah, um, it's short but it's sweet. Did kinda, you bring it over? Kind of like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I didn't bring it over, Rush. I didn't bring it over yet. You Although I, I haven't forgotten about you. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it is good. Um, there's just a lot of small anecdotes in it. So. I'm wanting more, and they did good with what they have. I just wanted it to be a lot longer. Mm-hmm. And I don't say she said that either, because be inappropriate, Ross. I, I had no idea. <laughs> I was not planning on saying that. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I'd love to play through it again and uh, have the volume cranked up, because there's a lot of great sound effects in it. And yeah. they, did it, they did great with what they had. They just had too little of it. Mm-hmm. Um, did you try the multiplayer? I have not tried the multiplayer. Okay. Um, but I got to thinking about it. Something rushed about the multiplayer because I did remember that one time I stumbled into it and I was like, what about, what about I doing here? You know, <laughs> um, I, I mean, so it has a funny image of like your character yeah. just kind of uh, strolling out right in the middle yeah. of all the crossfire. <laughs> hey, where am I? Yeah. Can somebody tell me just, how I got here? Is this 2017? Cause I haven't seen this before. What were you using <laughs> on these weapons for? He's a piece of junk, you know? <laughs> um, Where's the Gatling gun? Yeah. You guys got any health packs? Plasma rifles? Anything like that? Um, <laughs> plasma carbines, uh, plasma grenades, some kind of plasma. Um, I want a plasma sword. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool to have a plasma sword back in the world? Back in one? Battlefield yeah. One. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bums, here we go. <laughs> yeah, jerks. Um, wouldn't it be cool on the next gen systems if we had a war game? set in like Gettysburg or something where you're like this one soldier, you know, and you, you have to count constantly clean and like repowder your rifle and you're trying to like not die on the front lines. And I thought, okay, I mean, we, the story is obviously there because somebody could make it. There's no history for crying out loud. Sure, yeah. But uh, the technology is limited because you can only have so much going on screen at once, mm-hmm. right? I thought, wouldn't that be cool though? I mean, there, I have never played a game that's like that beyond like your typical strategy, kind of, you know, Conquer, uh, what is it? Uh, Command and Conquer style. Uh-huh. CNC, CNC, yeah. yeah. But have like a, a first person setting with that whole thing and have like the little piccolo uh, military <laughs> flutes in the background. <laughs> you know, I think that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> and all the drums and stuff. <laughs> See a cannonball go by and lop someone's head off. Yeah. Like, oh! oh my goodness, yeah. I no mean, humanity. I mean, the war games have been successful. I mean, with I mean, Call of Duty's coming out with uh, the world, uh, they're back in history war yeah. game. What is that called? I forgot. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Uh, what's Call of Duty something rather. What is it? Uh, well, the, the, the new one is World War II. World War II. That's right. Yeah. I thought it was called something else, but so, I mean, it's, there's obviously um, an audience back there and it's obviously successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would just think that, um, you know, something like Gettysburg or some famous war, you know, uh, with some, with a little story, Behind it, kind of like uh, uh-huh. in the movie The Patriot with uh, with the Heath, Heath Ledger character. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, being a courier rider or being on the front lines or... That would be really cool, yeah. actually, when I think of... Um, a, a game that comes to mind is one of the Assassin's Creed games. Didn't it take place during the Revolutionary War? That was Assassin's Creed 3, yeah. Okay, yeah. I never played it, um, but I... Yeah, I think that, that where the, the consoles are headed and even where they are right now just being able to, to visit certain period pieces like that. Yeah. Especially given just, just the, the graphics fidelity, the, what they can do in terms of like the, the, just the sheer size of the levels, 
I think that'd be a lot of fun. I think it'd be really cool to have, especially if it's more of a, a cinematic mm-hmm. experience. I yeah. think I think it would would be super cool. I think that'd be fun. There you go. Put it out there to the developers. It's on you guys now. It's my idea. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and still be expecting a 10% return on your profits. Uh, <laughs> there's, you. there's gonna be a picture of me blinging it up on uh, on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, I've uh, just been playing Overwatch. Oh, I like the sound of that. You know, I got to say something here, Russ. I got to show you a little, a little picture here, a little, little picky pick, because uh, there's been a couple times where we've been playing and all of a sudden I leave out of nowhere. You're like, oh, where, where'd you go? I didn't have anybody defending the flag. Uh-huh. Well, that happened to me the other night and I took a picture of it, Russ. So you could see exactly what I see and what I'm complaining about when I get back on the mic. Okay. That's what I see. Login error. Okay. So I'm playing the game. And this is when you're Torbjorn and you're just hanging out and if, if you're not seeing any action, yeah, then it I boots mean, you. It, it could be either... <laughs> boot your it ass. Could be, it could be competitive or it could be... <laughs> or it could be arcade. <laughs> or, arcade. It doesn't matter. That happened in competitive, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing where what happens basically is it, it, it battle.net or blizzard or the game or something sees my gamer tag as being offline. Well, they have something that's set up in the, in the game that just, it, it encourages uh-huh. people to be active. active right. Yeah. That, that's not what this is. That's something different. Cause if, if that happens, cause I've been, I've been booted for that before, as you well know, Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm laying around to let everyone else do the dirty work. <laughs> anyway, that'll just bring you back to the title screen and it'll say on the lower left-hand corner of the, of the screen, you've been booted due to act- inactivity. Mm-hmm. This will just bring me to this page where I can't do anything. Oh, weird. And Xbox Live shows that I'm still online. I can go on YouTube and I can um, launch all my social apps and do whatever I want to do on the dashboard and I'm still logged in. I have to completely sign myself out of Xbox Live mm-hmm. and then sign myself back in and then launch the game. And then hopefully I can join back up from where I just lost. That's bizarre. I've, I've never had to that's, deal with that. That's happened to me. It's rare, but it's definitely happened to me enough where I'm like, oh, come on, not again. Yeah. This time when I got this picture, I was in a competitive match. Intense competitive match. I might have you, Rose. Mm. And what happened is that okay? So that you happened. probably were not a ha- happy camper. No. So then I went after I I it, I was on that title screen uh-huh. where it, it said the message you just said. Yep. And I logged out, logged back in, launched the game, hit a button to get into the, like the wherever you want to go, like the title, the menu, the highlights, and whatever, mm-hmm. or the hero gallery. And then it said rejoin was one of the options. And like in, oh, in all weird. the big text, I've never seen it before. It said rejoin. I'm thinking, of course, I want to rejoin my team. Like I'm trying to like, this is competitive. Yeah. So I rejoin the team and within like three seconds, it says defeated. I'm like, oh, you got to be <laughs> kidding me. And of course, my competitive score drops. I'm thinking, why am I getting punished for this? This is not my fault. This is yeah. Blizzard's fault, you know? Like that needs to be addressed. That's that happens to me. Yeah. And it's nothing wrong with my connection. Like, I don't know what it, what's the deal. Because mm-hmm. um, my Xbox, like I said, still shows I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. And it's just that game that it does it with. I, that's never happened in any other game that I've played. Well, hopefully it'll, it's just a fluke. Hopefully it's not something that will happen more and more to you because that, that yeah. really almost defeats the, the purpose of playing the game. I mean, it, it certainly... 
<laughs> it undermines your motivation to want to you know, keep going and, exactly. and try and do the best you can do. But right. I'm sure they're, they're going to be working on it, though. They're going to try and fix that. Hopefully. I can only imagine you're not the, the only one having to deal with that. <laughs> I hope not, Ross. Have you been playing anything else or watching anything else? Uh... No, I did get Netflix in the mail, though, today, Rose. It's so funny hearing you say you get Netflix in the mail. Yes. Well, the thing is, there's so much that's <laughs> available on disc still. Oh, I know. And there's not so much the stuff that I want to see that's available on streaming. Yeah. And so I flip back and forth from Amazon the Prime thing yeah. uh, to Netflix streaming and go, okay, uh, what's? let me search up this and see if it's there. Not there. Okay, let me search up this. Is I want to see this, you know? And instead, I, I wind up scrolling through the entire menu of, sure. hmm, does that look interesting enough to watch for an hour and a half? You know, I, I don't, like, I'd rather just get what I want yeah. in the mail and be patient for a few days. And, oh, but when I finally made the decision to switch back from streaming to mail, uh-huh. I think everybody on the block was streaming or doing the same thing because all the, the, the screen would get, like, standard resolution all of a sudden. I'm like, trying to watch my (laughs) high definition programming that I couldn't do it, yet I was paying for it. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just get the DVDs. (laughs) So. Well, it it just, it's proof that snail mail still has value, even if it's uh, in the the form of a Netflix disc. But I mean, you're absolutely right. There are licensing issues that are still prevalent without, you know, uh, proper representation. Yeah. You know, you have Netflix and Amazon who... I mean, the Netflix thing is just funny to me because they have licensing rights to certain films that you can only get through the disc, but then online streaming is a whole nother beast entirely for them to have to try and score, you know, certain licensing rights to be able to display it that way. And just, yeah, I could go on and on about that sort of thing. And it's just, and in the end of all things, it's just the, 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 the customer suffers as a result because you're just, you know, you're not getting the optimal experience that you should be getting. There's, there's too many fingers in the pie, you know, whether it's the studios or it's the, uh, the folks who, who are the content providers, that sort of thing. And yeah. anyway, <clears throat> is there anything else to you? Oh, actually, what, what movie did you get? Uh, I haven't opened it yet. You don't even know what you got. I, 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 I made a <laughs> oh, mystery yeah. movie. I, I can, I can take a guess to, to, uh, what it might be, uh, because I was doing some rearranging on the list a couple weeks ago. Um, and I think it's going to be black sales. Oh, so it's almost like Christmas every time you get one. You're not quite <laughs> yeah, sure what I you're going to get. Don't even know. Um, so yeah, I, 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 it was a series I think on Stars on the Stars Network. Uh-huh. I remember seeing it in the menu, and I had never watched it. And I thought, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Okay. Watch it. You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't have cable anymore, so I don't know if it's still going. Probably not. But figured if it's good, I'll keep on getting it. If it's not, I go the next thing. Rush. Hmm. What about you? You got any stories of lore? I do. Mm. As you well know, I was playing Overwatch. Oh, I didn't. I know said that, it Russell. wrong. Overwatch. There we go. There we go. Um, but yeah, I've been having fun with that. I had a blasty blast of a time in our previous episode, just going over that that play that was just so incredibly fun to be able to to relive, and it was fun to be able to to just kind of nerd out there and and uh, go over the. <clears throat> the greatness, but um, I haven't had anything like that since over the last few days, but that's okay. That's perfectly fine. I've actually had a lot of fun playing with you on uh, Capture the Flag. There's been quite a few 
just different matches and, and you know little, little things here and there. I've been getting better and better at using her concussive rocket, just being Fair able to bounce people yeah. off. Yeah, just getting those environmental kills. I tell you, it's so gratifying if you see someone like Widowmaker or Hanzo or just someone who who enjoys trying to take me out from afar and just be able to sneak up on them, just go boink, oh, see ya. Yeah, a little pluck off the edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what's even more gratifying though, Russ? What's that? <clears throat> Having a turret. Yes. <laughs> well, that, yeah. But like in, in, um, in uh, good grief, Oasis, that's what I'm thinking of. It's certain Oasis, like Oasis Gardens. Mm-hmm. And you're you're being Torbjorn and you're launching a little lava blip or whatever that is, like a hot metal blip mm-hmm. all the way across the screen. I can see someone out there like, hey, I'm just going to see her. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> and it's like, ping, ping. Oh, you've just you know, 100 points. You just eliminated so-and-so. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> From downtown. That's awesome. Or I, <laughs> if you die, you come back and you're still in the spawn point, but you know someone's at the flag and just hitting your uh, your ultimate. Oh, so your yeah. turret goes butt wild. Uh-huh. And then all you're doing is just walking out there. You're like, hey, what's going on? Your turret's going bah, 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 bah. elimination, elimination, elimination. And, all, and you get to play the game. All it shows you is just walking around. Oh, I'm sure it's extremely awesome. satisfying. I haven't really been playing anything else other than that. However, on the watching side of things, mm. I took the wife out to see Wonder Woman. Aha! So it was my my second time going to, to check out the film, and I just I enjoyed it just as much the second time as I did the first time. It's it's still just Gal Gadot is such a perfect choice for Wonder Woman. I mean, we for those of you who haven't had a chance to listen, we actually have in our one of our previous podcast episodes, the entire show was dedicated to just analyzing the Wonder Woman movie from top to bottom. And uh, I believe it's about an hour and a half to two hours long. We go into everything from the story to the acting, to the cinema photography, biology. I mean, excuse me, (laughs) (laughs) just, you know, the costume design, just, just everything. And, um, so we definitely encourage you to check it out if, if you have watched the movie and you'd like to, to hear some more. Plus, we actually included quite a bit of IMDb trivia for you to, uh, to be able to enjoy. So it was cool. I, I, I really was curious about what my wife thought about it, and she really liked it. She thought it was it was fun. She really loved Gal Gadot. She thought that um, Gal Gadot did a, just a terrific job as Wonder Woman. There was um, a moment where my wife was, was talking about just the love scene of wonder woman. That was, that was the one thing that she actually uh, didn't really think was all that cool. She thought that like the, the, the relationship wasn't far along enough to have that happen. Like it was, it was kind of shoehorned in there. And she said something that made a lot of that actually to me, when I thought about it, it made a lot of sense too, which is just, it would have had a much bigger impact if they just had like a nice, long kiss mm-hmm. while dancing in the snow as opposed to them like going and getting a room and, and, you know, insinuating that, that they uh, went all the way. Right. And, um, and she was just talking about how she has always viewed wonder woman in, in this kind of capacity where she doesn't allow herself to be placed in those types of situations. She kind of transcends that. Um, and it was just, I don't know, it was kind of interesting to hear her talk about how 
all she was really thinking about was, was how a lot of young girls go to see the movie and they see this strong female lead and she's, she's talented. She's skilled. She's strong. She has all these things going for her, but, um, she's not willing to, to um, hold on to that in terms of being curious about what it's like to be with a guy. And so I don't know. I, I didn't, I didn't really like think about that uh, the first time I saw the film, but it did make sense. I mean, I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not completely against, um, the idea of how they approached it. But however, I do think that it would have made that much more of an impact to just see them have more of the budding romance going on. where like, they're in the, they're in the snow dancing. I said, and they, they share a kiss at that point. And then suddenly like, you know, I think as a result, the crowds would be rooting or the viewers would be rooting for, um, them to, to have this ongoing relationship. And so it'd be that much more sad during the, during the last part of the scene, which if you guys haven't seen it, there's something that, that happens. And, and, um, I don't want to spoil it for you in case you haven't seen the movie yet, but it would have made that some of those sequences later on that much more impactful. I feel like, I think we touched on that a little bit on our wonder woman episode. To be honest, I don't remember quite what we said, but I think we did touch on it. I know that we talked a bit about just like the dancing aspect of it. We loved just um, how things were done in a very classy manner. It, w- it was done. It, w- it wasn't like gratuitous or anything yeah. like that. I but, will tell you, though, Russ. No, you won't. I had a similar thought as your wife. <laughs> I thought, you know what? I'm an old fashioned gay. Okay, I mean, yeah, it's Hollywood, so, I mean, the expectation of Hollywood is people are going to jump in the sack pretty much uh, after the third day. Anyway, but it would have been nice, yeah, I mean, a a nice, good kiss. Matter of fact, I think I mentioned the kiss on that episode, and I liked that kiss. It was a good, passionate kiss. I liked it. Well, I remember in in the kiss, because they didn't kiss while they were dancing. I think at the end they did. No, they didn't. They They didn't? No, because they they kissed when they went into uh, the room. They went into the room and they had all that romantic lighting and then eventually they went in. And that was, that was one of the comments I made was that I actually wanted to see more smooching because it was like this one brief kiss and then the screen went black. Yeah. I was like, whoa, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. So. Yeah. If they just left it in the snow and the dancing and the yeah. singing and like a nice pan out so you could see everybody. Exactly. You know, the, the, the celebratory uh, cl- uh, crowd. Um <laughs> <laughs> The festive environment, right? Uh, I think that would have been would have been uh, spot on. Uh, I think everything else beyond that would have been just kind of unneeded. Yeah, you know. The other movie that I went to go see was oh, now. I know why you're not answering my text message. Yeah, take that. I saw Despicable Me three. <laughs> oh, good. Right, and I didn't see the Despicable Me two. I saw the, the first one, and now I just bounced to the third one. Screw <laughs> the second one. Well, I, I meant to see it, and then it just got <laughs> away from me. So I was like, oops. Uh, but I, I ended up, uh, once again, going out with the wife, getting some quality time in there. It's been long overdue, but we went on a double date and checked it out. And I really did like the, the antagonist, which I, I cannot for the life of me remember how it's pronounced, but it's basically Bathazar the brat or something like that. But it's voiced by Trey Parker from, uh, the, you know, the creator of South Park. And he just did a, a wonderful job. And the, the character is like this character that's just stuck in the eighties. Like he was, he was some eighties TV star that just didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't evolve well as time marched on. Like he was one of those, those, those talents that just couldn't move on past his prime as being like a, you know, an eight year old or 10 year old kid. 
And so as a result, he's just hell bent on destroying Hollywood and that sort of thing. All that was a lot of fun. And the rest of the film, I mean, it was, it was okay. There were certain scenes that were just, it was typically goofy and silly. Like you have the minions running around and I've never been personally a huge fan of the minions. I I look at them and, and at times they can be, entertaining i suppose but like overall i feel like like it's just not my style of humor necessarily however i know lots of people who just love the minions so if you're a minion fan you will probably have a a ball watching this movie and of course steve carell does two characters he he plays the the main character and then as well as as the as the character's uh twin brother or whatever it is so and so that part was kind of fun. My my big thing about it is I always love seeing the gadgets in the movie. They always have these really <laughs> cool blasters or the, the, the roadster cars or the ships that they fly around, that sort of thing. Oh, that's great. And actually what was really funny too was a lot of the music they played was like just eighties classics. I mean, you had like Michael Jackson in there you had Phil Collins, you had some others too. I can't remember which ones, but I was like, man, I haven't heard that song in so long. That is pretty funny. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was fun. The, the theater was filled with kids. It was actually kind of a, a sneak peek of what I have to look forward to. Like when my daughter gets older and because she, she's too young to go to the theater at this point, but just seeing and hearing like the reactions that kids have watching the movies, that was just a fun little glimpse. That was <laughs> kind of nice. So I, I spoke to a friend of mine about, uh, about movies and everything. I'm like, Hey, did you see, uh, you know, the latest Marvel movie or, you know, to see uh, this, that, the other goes, no, nah, man, I got, I got kids. Yeah. yeah. You ask me about minions. You ask me about Smurfs. I'm all over it. I, I could tell you all what happens. <laughs> <laughs> all what they want to do with the princesses. Yep. I got it down. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of like that with TV shows where it's like, I can tell you everything you possibly would want to know about <laughs> Paw Patrol, but I'm sure it's also going to occur when it comes to movies too. I'm, I'm, Staying positive, though, I think that there will be plenty of movies that I will secretly want to watch, and I will use the excuse of having a daddy-daughter date, and all will be fun. So, or just an excuse to sneak out of the house. One to do oh, that? That true? <laughs> that true? Go on the little adventures, daddy-daughter time. Anyway, <laughs> I could see you pulling out of school. Hey, hey, hey. It's like there's a lunchtime showing of the of the, <laughs> of the next Spider-Man. I, I I got I got you out of class. Let's go. Let's go, Dad. <laughs> what? I would dream to have a dad like this. Come on, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Dad, not another movie. Come on. <laughs> well, let's jump into some gaming news, shall we? <gasps> Here we go. Square Enix reveals new game, Antique Carnival. Square Enix has announced a new game uh, with details on the project that can be viewed at antique-carnival.jp. Carnival uh, is spelled C-A-R-N-E-V-A-L-E. So it's antique-carnival.jp. And uh, it includes a story outline and a trailer for one of the game's characters, Bernard. Using Jimatsu, it will explore the difference between dolls and people and what separates things from living things. The description goes on to discuss a labyrinth which traps explorers and a boy visiting the labyrinth and understanding the desires of the dolls captured within it. So not exactly sure what that means. It sounds like it's some sort of trippy metaphor of sorts, perhaps relating to an aspect of life, but Hey, it's square Enix. I'm sure it's going to be pretty good. And actually, have you played 
a Square Enix game? What was the last Square Enix game you played? I haven't played Square anything in a long time. What was the last Final Fantasy game you played? I think I played Final Fantasy uh, 13. I think it was the last one. Then I stopped. Okay. That's been it. But you're going to be playing the Final Fantasy VII Remastered when it comes out. Right? Russell, I'm going to be camping out at your house. <laughs> I'm going to be eating all your ice cream and all your snack food. I mean, I'm going to be up here till 3 in the morning. Like, when is he going to leave? Russ, get rid of your brother. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Limbo Inside Studio co-founder reveals why he left Play Dead. Patty announced his departure from Play Dead last year, and at that time said he made the decision so he could seek new challenges, end quote. Patty recently spoke with Eurogamer, saying there was some kind of fallout. It is kind of delicate. It's also combined with other personal reasons, end quote. He still loves Play Dead and the people at the studio, noting he's on speaking terms with, quote, 98% of the people there, end quote. He went on to add that, Quote, it was just time to do something else. I found a way to do it in a way where I could do whatever I wanted afterwards, end quote. He's currently working on the recently announced sci-fi action adventure game Somerville with film animer, animator excuse me, Chris Olson. I don't know if you recall, but but that was, uh, you know, Limbo, of course, was just an awesome game by mm-hmm. Play Dead, And they also did Inside, which was oh. like one of my like favorite games of last that year. Was, that was good. And you watched me play yeah. quite a bit of that, including the ending. I mean, that, oh, that game was so good. Yeah. So it's a, it's a bit of a bummer seeing this just because I'm sure Patty had quite a bit of an influence on a lot of the decisions being made there. And it's always kind of unfortunate when you have certain creative differences that are going on. But... Hey, I'm at the same time I'm curious to see how this this other project turns out. So I'm also wondering if they're going to do like a sequel to Inside or if they're going to do something else entirely, but I thought that something else was coming out. I, I remember hearing something in the news, but it was like months ago and I didn't really pay attention that close to it. Yeah. Segwaying into movie news, Robert Downey Jr. on the right time to leave the MCU. This is the kind of continuation on from what we were discussing. Uh, then, I, then I bet you I, like a dollar or something. You did. You bet me a dollar. Chatting with AustraliasNews.com, Junior said he doesn't want to overstay his welcome and will only remain involved in the MCU for as long as he's needed. Quote, everyone says to me, it's like a glove that fits so well. I have to start over every time, but I'm starting over with with a pretty solid base, he explained. I just never want to blow it for the last six or seven MCU movies I've done by dropping the ball because I decided to go do it one more time. I just want to hang up my jersey before it's embarrassing, end quote. The actor is confirmed to appear in Avengers Infinity War, which will be released on May 4th, 2018. Alex Osborne reported that Downey Jr. has gone back and forth on whether he'll return for a fourth Iron Man movie. In September of 2014, he said there wouldn't be a fourth Iron Man film, only to say that there would, there that there would be one in the following month. Just last year, he said he's open to returning to Iron Man 4. So it sounds like there's a possibility for that, which would be nice because Iron Man 3 was a little disappointing. It'd be nice to see a little redemption from that. What do you what say you, Steve? Yeah. Um, well, Iron Man 3 was better than Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 was just kind of a waste. Oh, you liked Iron Man 3 more than 2? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I get where he's coming from. Um, I mean, if he goes out, it just leaves it room. Leave, leaves it room. <laughs> leaves room. <laughs> room, it leaves it. does it, something to the room. A, <laughs> it leaves room for another 
Marvel character to come through, um, which could be awesome. I just don't want to see him go. I love, I absolutely adore Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Well, maybe they'll just computer generate him in the next few films. Just immortalize him. <laughs> yeah. We got enough of his voice. We got enough of his face. He's in a, he's in the suit pretty much you have to film anyway. Yeah, he's not even in there. It's, it's just, it's mostly armor. It's not a big deal. Plus, we've already kind of uh, did it in Iron Man 3. So come on. Right. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them sequel begins shooting. New plot details revealed. I think you're a fantastic beast. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. Lucy O'Brien reports that the sequel to Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them has started filming, and new details on its plot have been revealed. A press release for the upcoming untitled sequel reveals that the film will be set in 1927, a few months after Newt excuse me, captured the Dark Wizard, oh, who was played by Johnny Depp. I haven't seen this movie. Actually, that's a, that's a movie that got away from me. I wanted to actually check that out, and then for what life happened, and I just I still need to play catch up on dad stuff. You know, being a parent, <laughs> it happens. Uh, in the latest, it says Grindelwald has since escaped and amassed followers to his pro wizard, anti non magical beings cause. Quote: The only one who might be able to stop him is the wizard he once called his dearest friend, Albus Dumbledore, who is uh, played by Jude Law. Reads the plot description, but 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 Dumbledore will need help from the wizard who had thwarted Grindelwald once before, his former student Newt Schmander. The adventure reunites Newt with Tina Queenie and Jacob, but his mission will also test their loyalties as they face new perils in an increasingly dangerous and divided wizarding world, end quote. The Fantastic Beasts sequel, which will be the second of five planned films, is due to hit theaters on November 18th, 2018. David Yates is back to direct from a script by J.K. Rowling, and Yates has promised that the Paris set film will feel so different from the first one. End quote. So it's kind of interesting that they're going to be also pushing that out to five films. I mean, it, it makes sense just considering how many Harry Potter films there were. I am not really um, up to speed in terms of like how many books J.K. Rowling has has written for Fantastic Beasts. I'm, I'm a little out of the loop on that. I'll have to refer to some friends of ours who are more yes. in the J.K. Rowling camp. Perhaps yes. I'll talk to our good old friend Brad. Brad. See how he's doing. The Jetsons to become live action TV series. Oh, Robert Zemeckis geez. producing The Jetsons. Meet George Jetson. Jordan Serrani covered the latest Warner Brothers project, which is looking to bring back the classic cartoon The Jetsons as a live action TV series with Back to the Future writer slash director Robert Zemeckis on board as an executive producer. That's a big deal. That could be good. Yeah. Robert Zemeckis as in Back to the Future, Forrest Gump, Castaway, yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I mean, like the, the guy, yeah. He's, 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 he's good. Heavy. He knows his stuff. Yeah. You know, to this day, I still want, or sometimes I wake up in the morning and I still want one of those um, conveyor belts that George had in the morning. So he, all <laughs> yeah. he had to do get out of bed yeah. and the robots will do the rest, like, you know, brush his teeth and put like, feed him and then shave him yeah. and then put clothes on. All he had to do was get in the car and go, ah, I wanted that. Yeah, yeah. 
According to TV Line, the new series will take George, Jane, Judy, and Elroy Jetson, plus their dog Astro, 100 years into the future and be set in 2000. No, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm right. Excuse me. 2118. The original animated series, which took place in 2062, was also set 100 years ahead of its 1962 debut date. How about the map? Man, they had some um, very lofty aspirations mm-hmm. of what technology we would have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Man. Zemeckis will, will reportedly produce the series alongside Family Guy executive producer Gary Janetti and Castaway producer Jack Rapke. So I, I'm actually, I wasn't able to find, you know what? Do me a favor and MDiv it for me while we're talking about it. I'm not sure if they even have a whole lot of information on there, but it, they, if you look on there for uh, you know the Jetsons live action TV or whatever it is, perhaps they'll have the name of the director because I'm I'm curious to see who they've who they've got listed on there. That'll be a negative. All I show is from 1962 to 1963. Okay. That's all well, there is. We'll keep a sharp eye on the horizon for that, and uh, we'll be able to report to you guys once we, we find out about it. Moving right along, Top Gun, Maverick release date director announced. Tron Legacy director Joseph Kosinski will officially helm Top Gun Maverick. Producer Jerry Bruckheimer announced the news on Twitter while also revealing the sequel is set to hit theaters on July 12th, 2019. I look forward to that. I'm curious to see what's going to happen. I don't know if you're familiar with with, um, Joseph's work or not. You you saw Tron Legacy, right? Uh, No. Oh, man. Okay, well, I'm going to have to sit you down and let you watch that one. Have you seen Oblivion? It's with Tom Cruise as well. It's where he sits yeah, yeah, in the yeah, future. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did. Okay. I have seen that one, Ross. Okay. I was going to go, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but I, I, I do remember that one, yeah. Something actually, like, turned in your head. And went, <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. It was that a very now. Tom Cruise-y film. It was. It was indeed. <laughs> that was a good movie. That was fun. Not bad. Star Wars R2-D2 unit from Original Films sells for $2.76 million. That's no surprise, Rod. Lucy O'Brien reported that an R2-D2 unit made from the original parts used while filming the original Star Wars trilogy and the first two prequels has sold for $2.76 million. E-Entertainment. I was going to say EW, and I figured I should say it out. Yeah. EW confirmed the sale via the California-based auction house Profiles in History. The Ultimate R2 is made out of aluminum, steel, and fiberglass elements, measures 43 by 29.5 by 20 inches, and was assembled from R2s featured in A New Hope, The Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, The Phantom Menace, and Attack of the Clones. Information on the buyer of the droid has not been released. And I, if I was a buyer, I probably wouldn't want that information released either. Yeah, no. In other news, True Detective Season 3. I know we've touched upon this a few episodes back. Moonlight actor, oh, I'm going to try and say this right. Mahershala? Mahershala? I'm so, I apologize if I'm not saying that correctly. We'll say Mahershala Ali will reportedly star. This is the actor from House of Cards. Oh. He was like Frank Underwood's kind of like, not his right-hand man, but he was one of the guys who went around and did a lot of Frank's bidding. Seth? I 
think it was Seth. Oh, You'll have to. I, I'm looking at it. Yeah, right yeah. Now. It, he's he was one of the the better characters of the show. Anyway, uh, IGN reports that he is reportedly in talks to star in the third season of True Detective. According to Tracking Board, Ali, whose performance in Moonlight earned him an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, is allegedly close to signing a deal to star as the lead in season three of HBO's crime drama series. Please note, though, that um, Ali's deal has not yet been That closed. was Remy. Remy, that's Remy. right. Remy, yeah, yeah, Remy, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I was surprised. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, he was one of the better yeah, characters no, in House Remy, of Cards. He needs to be in more stuff. That guy was great. Yeah, yeah, he's super cool. Uh, where did I leave him off I'm sorry here? about that, Russ. Oh, I was just going to say that the deal has not yet been closed and HBO still has yet to officially announce a third season. So don't take what I'm saying as uh, the Bible. It could change, of course, but figured it's worth uh, bringing up at this point. And last but not least, Transformers, everything we know about the Bumblebee spinoff movie so far. The first post-tray, well, excuse me. I had a little burp there. Kind of threw me. First threw, off, blah. threw off my verbiage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clean my microphone for a second. <laughs> the first post-Bay Transformers movie will be Bumblebee, a prequel following the solo adventures of Optimus Prime's faithful lieutenant. With the Bumblebee movie reportedly hitting theaters next summer, here's everything we know so far about the Transformers spinoff, including the director, possible cast, and how the film will stand apart from the Transformers movies we've seen before. Bay has revealed that no fewer than 14 spinoffs and sequels are on the docket. So I don't really know... <laughs> I... Based off of our previous conversation about the latest Transformers movie, how neither one of us has any interest in seeing it. I know. I mean, just just going and looking at this is like, wait, you guys have fourteen. My hope is is that Michael Bay is not attached to all fourteen. That they'll have new blood coming in, new directors, and being able to, to check it out. And I'm hoping that this particular spinoff of just like the Bumblebee story, it could it has potential. Like it could be actually a really cool film to go check out. But there needs to be certain. They got a lot of problems they need to fix. Yeah, certain factors considered in order for that to happen. Gaps they need to fill. Exactly. Well, and that concludes our movie news, Steve. Hmm. At this point, I say we segue right into the topic of the day. Or the topic of the night. Wherever you are located <laughs> in this wonderful world of ours, yes. Yeah. And that is that Overwatch has officially teased the long-rumored character Doomfist. So just going over my notes here, um, according to the Overwatch blog, Doomfist has been broken out of prison by Reaper and subsequently reclaimed his gauntlet weapon from in-game location Nubani. Doomfist is referred to by the name Akande Ogundimu, the game's fiction already has two named characters who have gone by the title Doomfist, but neither one by that name. That implies that this Doomfist is the successor, um, which can be seen in banners on the Nubani map. I don't know if you've, I haven't checked it out. I haven't seen the, an update to the Nubani, Nubani map. Excuse me. No, I, I've played it, but I don't recall seeing any banners. To be, to be fair, though, I have not played the quick play in a while. I've been just capturing the flag. Yeah, again, to so. be fair, um, I get logged out automatically, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> 
So apparently Doomfist is available right now in the PTR. Right. The newest playable hero can deal range damage via his primary attack, the hand cannon, and slam into the ground and knock enemies into the air via his secondary attack, rocket punch. Bam! I got a picture of it right there, Rush. Those are his abilities. Thank you. I'm going to take a little look-see. You might have to zoom up on a little bit there, but um, part of my uh, not having a life was that I uh, <laughs> spent some time uh, watching people play uh, Doomfist, and at one point they brought that up. Or every once in a while they're bringing up that screen of the abilities, and um, so I had my uh, my camera ready. Yeah, nicely done. So we have the hand cannon, short range weapons with spread reloads automatically. Well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of slow, but it, it's like... It's four shots, and it, it's literally one hand's the doom fist, one hand is like the melee and the shotgun. So it's like one shot, like per knuckle, pow, 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 pow. Oh, interesting. And if if okay. you wait, if you do one shot, then fine, it'll 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 take like a second, and it'll reload, or you can go pow, 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 and then it'll have to reload one, two, three. Oh, four. how long is the the reload? It's about one that one one per second or okay. so. But um, it's it's four shots. You don't push a button; it does it automatically. Yeah, it says, uh, let's say, uh, do you deal range damage via the primary attack, the hand cannon, and slam it to the ground and knock enemies into the air via his secondary attack rocket punch. Uh, let's see, in the midst of battle, Doomfist can unleash his ultimate ability. This is what I'm I'm really curious about, is his ultimate. They call it Meteor Strike. Yes. Uh, so you launch into the air and crash back down to Earth. That could be pretty cool. I mean, it could be a pretty epic visual it's um, it's not bad. It's cool. Um, you, you they actually demonstrated it for you. They, it, right? yeah. they demonstrated it for me personally. Yeah, they came over to your house. You're <laughs> yeah. like, who are you guys? Yeah, here, knocking the door. Hey, hey, what's we up, are. guys? Those are representatives, and we're here to show you Doomfist's <laughs> ultimate. In my boxers, though, is that cool? Or uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys want a water? <laughs> <laughs> um, you don't mind if I fold my clothes while you play. Right? So please describe for me. What it looks like when he does his okay, ultimate. so basically uh, he jumps up like it's it's real quick, kind of blurred, and um, oh yeah, I want you to drink some water there. And you see, there's an auto, they're not an auto aim, but there's a, a big blue circle of where you want to land, and mm -hmm. it gives you about five seconds, maybe. Oh, six. you can actually dictate where. Correct. Okay. So it's probably um, within a radius. You can't just go yeah, anywhere no. in the map. Yeah. No. It, it's it's. Well, you can you can guide it as far as you want within five seconds because after that, it's, he's just going to fall okay. down wherever he is. Yeah. So it's not wherever in the map, but as far as you can guide it for five seconds. Um, and then he just come, comes crashing down, go boom, and hopefully it takes some people out uh, with it. Um, Gosh, you know, I just had a thought. Yes. If you're able to actually place his ultimate down anywhere within five seconds, that would be a really fantastic ability in Capture the Flag. Like if no, he yeah. captures a flag and then he launches his ultimate, so he goes up and then you just move it as far away as possible. And then he goes, whoosh. True. That is very true. Um, but he's a very chaotic character. Um, and by, by chaotic, I, I don't mean that he it's, he is hard to control or anything like that. It's, it's more of, he brings this new element into, um, into the game that is not there where, <laughs> I'm Are you having a brain one. fart, Steve? So, there's not there. For example, there's uh, there's not a whole lot of melee attacks. It looks like, like the, you have the seismic slam, which you 
we leap forward and smash the ground. I'm assuming that's a melee. Well, it's pretty much all melee except for his his uh, little his little uh, hand cannon. Oh, I thought you said he didn't have a whole lot of melee. No, he he brings a lot of melee. Oh, he brings a lot. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. So, I mean, if you think about other characters in the game, no one really uses that much melee because it's it doesn't do that much damage. Right. You do it towards the end, or maybe if you're Winston, you kind of put it into your attacks, but or if you're Genji, maybe. But that's pretty much it. No one else uses it. Well, he uses a lot of it. I mean, sure. everything is part of his fist for crying out loud. Uh, so if you, if you think about a few different characters, he's, he's kind of a mix of Reinhardt and Winston. Uh, he's not a tank. He's an offensive player. He has about 250 hit points and, um, and he, and he, he, he can fly across the screen. I mean, there's the, you can charge up his, his, one of his abilities mm-hmm. and he goes flying across. It's fast. It's faster than Reinhardt's dash. Oh, and it, it's more of a push though. Okay. And, but if you can push him up against the wall or hit him against the wall, then they do damage, right? Otherwise, um, you can you can do this rising uppercut into the air and then go forward, kind of like Genji's dash. Okay. So a way to kind of get some quick places or some hard to reach places. Sure. Um, he can't go in the air like you can't like look up and then charge into the air. That, that's they that's he can't do that. So maybe Farah might be a good counter to him, or um, or maybe even uh, Orissa. Orissa might be a good counter to him. Yeah, I'm seeing here there's a rocket punch. You hold to charge, then release to launch forward and knock an enemy back. That's probably what you're talking about. And then uh, there's a passive ability. The yeah. best defense is dealing damage with abilities creates temporary personal shields. Right. I think that's I think it's kind of a brilliant idea because a lot of characters just, just kind of start auto-generating a shield. You're like, what? He, you have to do damage to other enemies, and that like kind of builds up his sort of rage, I guess. Okay. Not, I mean, he doesn't have a rage, but if you see the backstory, you kind of understand why. Um, but yeah, you get this temporary shield just by trying to do damage to other enemy or, uh, to your enemies. <clears throat> hmm, it's pretty neat. Bro. So wait, so it, so it, it, the more people that you, that you injure, then it builds up his personal shield, or Correct. does the shield get just distributed amongst his teammates? Nope, just him. Just him. Okay. Okay, I can get behind that. And that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I like the idea of just, once again, his ultimate really piques my interest. But I've noticed, too, the screenshots that they've released, there is that sense of kind of like that, that kinetic forward movement. Right. But I didn't know if that was just kind of window dressing for the pictures to you know kind of generate that visual excitement or if that actually had a purpose, which I guess it does have a purpose. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exactly what he does. Well, we have queued up for you. The um, the actual Origins trailer that Blizzard has released. And so I have not seen this. I know you have seen it already. <laughs> yes, I sure have. But I have not. So I'm going to be with the audience. And even though the audience can't see this, we uh, we have already posted this on Facebook.com slash TV. However, for your listening enjoyment, let's check it out. Humanity has always been tested. Conflict and war is the crucible through which we evolve. Every battle 
makes us stronger. So first impressions, um, absolutely love the anime style. Yep. Um, I just, it, it's, it reminds me of, of how are we, I can't even really talk about this. It's, it's just like a bunch of thoughts are going through my mind. I remember we have talked on multiple occasions about the potential for them to be able to really dive into the, just the story of Overwatch and how the game itself just just the intro and, and the little nuggets they've been dropping here and there every time the, like, there's a new character they release or even just showing a bit more of, of the story. There There is so much potential to be able to just have fun with the canon, the Overwatch canon overall. And just watching, once again, you know, they're introducing a new character and I thought it was unique how they, they decided not to go with the, the pre-rendered 3D cinematic route that they've been doing. This was much more the, the traditional 2d anime style animation, but that's not a bad thing. I mean, I look at it and it's like, man, it's just so cool. And like, by the time it's over with, I just, I, I it leaves me just begging for more. Like yeah. I, I really do want, I would absolutely love to see a full length movie based on overwatch. I think that there is just a lot there. However, I will also say that a lot of the the trailers that have come out so far, just in terms of like the quote unquote story, they've been very clever in the sense that they just they wrap it up into these character reveals. It's it's you know whether it's like the Hanzo and Genji cinematic where it reveals those characters, or it reveals Widowmaker and Tracer or Sombra. Each one of those those cinematics it, it, it deals with showing a certain type of or showcasing a certain type of character, but you really don't have an overarching plot line that's being pushed forward. You hear, I mean, really the only kind of plot that, that you receive is when you're watching the intro to the game and you hear about like, Oh, 30 years ago, we were the, the heroes of the world and there was all this, this mayhem going on and we were able to save it. Now we've been disbanded and there's all this stuff going on that, that, that calls us back. And that's, that's kind of the high level synopsis of, of the story of Overwatch, but there really isn't anything beyond that. And I would love to see them dive more into that. Not for sure. And I think that, you know, in terms of, of the other cinematics, you have the relationships of the characters. Clearly, there are certain characters that are a bit more of the rogues versus the other characters who are a bit more of like the heroes, like Soldier 76 or Winston or Tracer, that sort of thing. But 
I mean, still, I'm a sucker. Every time I see one of those 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 videos, those cinematics, I'm just absolutely just drooling over. I'm like, man, exactly. that's so cool. I was thinking of the, the, the word salivating, but I mean, you said drooling, so whatever. Maybe, I mean, doing the same thing. I'm salivating, you're drooling, but in the end, we still want more. Yeah, yeah. There's just, there was always a need for more. And I just, I absolutely love how they, they continue to release these characters. And Doomfist... Based off of what I know, it, initially the character was not something that that Blizzard was seriously considering. It was something that kind of started out as kind of more of a rumor, and people were talking about it. And and especially with the the, the initial cinematic that came out, the you know, the basically the announcement trailer, and you had the kids at the museum, and there's that gauntlet that was there, that sort of thing, and and it, it kind of snowballed into where we are today where like you just had the fans who were just absolutely enamored and, and curious about the origins. Once again, just kind of, they want more story. And I think Blizzard just really took that as an opportunity. They, they just kind of, they, they probably had a meeting. They're like, well, you know what? Why don't we just make a doom fist? I mean, we, we've been kind of teasing it here and there and that sort of thing. But I think it just, it reached a, a point where you just, yeah, why, why not? I, yeah. th- I think that that would be a great idea to do so. And so it was, I was actually a little surprised by the personality of Doomfist. Um, just based off of, once again, just, just reading into a lot of the, the gossip, the, the Overwatch gossip and rumors and that sort of thing about just what could be with Doomfist. I, in my head, thought that Doomfist would be more of an evil character, but I didn't necessarily get that from this trailer. Like, he he was someone who obviously is is pragmatic he's he's very observant he's someone who is very tactfully aware um always gauging the enemy that sort of thing but he didn't have like this overarching like like you you look at someone like reaper and reaper definitely enjoys <laughs> being evil you know he, yeah. he likes being scary that sort yeah. of thing uh, but Doomfist really, I don't know, what 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 was your initial interpretation of Doomfist before you saw him in game and in, in the cinematics and stuff versus afterwards? I I see him more like of a neutral character, but neutral and um more bad leading. Like he's got a he, I think the way I see him is that he's got a grudge. He is, he doesn't want to see the world burn necessarily. But how did you see him before all this stuff came out? Like when you first heard the name Doomfist. Before all the uh, the video and the pictures and the and the him being in game, like what was in your head? What did you fathom? I don't know a guy with a big fist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair I enough. Mean, I, oh, I mean, I I I definitely one thing I did see was more of like a of a flaring personality, not so much just hardcore anger and tension, because like almost every character in the game has. Um, with the exception of maybe like Mercy or, or somebody, they have a, a very strong personality. I mean, mm. name somebody and they have it. Um, and I would say a good 80% of the characters do. But he's just more he, talking straight. He, there's no nonsense about how he looks and how he, how he speaks. He's just, he's not there to be funny. He's there to to uh, give some punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I def- new dynamic to the to the game for sure. Now, when you were, let's go back to what you had seen. You saw them giving a, dem- a demo of Doomfist in mm-hmm. the game. 
overall, was it pretty impressive, exciting to have it's good chaotic. showmanship and stuff? Or is it like, yeah, just give me your thoughts. No, it's, it's, it's absolute chaos because a lot of the game, you know, people have either ranged weapons or, or they have short or short range weapons, but you're firing something. Uh, you're not hitting. This guy is is pretty much all over the map. Okay. Um, a lot of his of his abilities are a charge and release. Okay. Uh, so whether he's charging forward or he's charging up or he's charging down or something like that, he's he's kind of flying all, all over the place and it's all short range. Even his little hand cannon, those are a little short range. Um, he's does, he doesn't move around as fast as Tracer, though, right? No, he doesn't move around as fast as Tracer. He moves around pretty much as fast as anybody. But, I mean, kind of think of it as as uh, a combination of Reinhardt and Winston. I mean, Winston can move around a lot with his big jump, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Doomfist can't jump like Winston can jump, but he can fly across the map quicker than Reinhardt. Um, uh, he can be a big distraction like Winston can be a, a, a big distraction. Uh, he doesn't, he's not strong. Like mm-hmm. I said, he only has 250 hit points, so he's rather weak, but he's flying. Oh, wow. Only he's, 250. Uh, 250. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, but he's flying all over the map and punching people and people aren't <laughs> ready to be punched in Overwatch. They're ready to be shot at. And, yeah. And, and there's some distance between you. So seeing him, uh, just charge up and punch here and punch there and melee, 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 uh, and then zoom to another area of the map. And you might be thinking that, uh, I'm safe because they're clearly across the way. No, he can get over there in a second. Right. So it, it brings a totally new dynamic to the game. Sounds like it. Yeah, based on what you're saying and just what I've been seeing, it sounds like it, he's a pretty well-rounded character. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it's plays, it seems to play nice within the confines of the game mechanics of Overwatch. Although, again, this is just very high level. I need to actually play the yeah. character and also be uh, destroyed by the character by someone else in order to, to make a final judgment on that. But everything that you're saying, I mean, and just what I've been seeing, it's just, yeah, I mean, I, I dig it. I can't wait to play it. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a welcome addition to uh, to the team. It's funny because I thought, okay, how are they going to put an extra picture in there, like in the hero gallery, because they uh, have like 12 and 12 or yeah. 24, and this is the only 25th character. They showed it for a, like a split second, and I thought they would. <laughs> and so I had like, I just kept my camera ready and kept my eyes on the screen, and that's how it looks. Let me take a look here. Well, basically 10 and 10 across, and then they start out uh, in, with in a the, new row in the middle with five. Yeah. I really do hope that they just keep cranking characters out. Oh, yeah. It'd be so cool to just, you know, say five years from now, have, you know, another 10 characters yeah. that are in Overwatch. So long as it, that it doesn't break the game design. Yeah, and so far, and so long as it's quality too, because, uh, I mean, so each, like I was saying just a few minutes ago, each one of these characters has a lot of uh, personality to them. Yeah. And they're all very strong. So I don't want one characters rushed out just to fill a quota. I would want them to take their time to make decent quality, strong personality characters. I like the way he looks too. I, I really dig his style. I feel like it fits in the world of Overwatch, which is saying something because I felt that when I, when Orissa came out, I, I, I just, I don't think that she quite fits in with the, just, just the visual. This is just my personal opinion, but just, just the, the visual aesthetic style uh, compared to the other characters. It was certain things that I would have probably wanted to see a bit differently, but in terms of Doomfist, yeah, I mean, he, I dig him. That's all the time that we have for this particular podcast. I definitely want to take the opportunity to say thank you to everybody who has listened to us. You can definitely get in contact with us on Twitter at TV if you have a question, comment, or want to leave us some love. We're also on Facebook.com slash TV. Until next time, I will bid you adieu and... 
Happy Gaming. Bye now.